notification um that being said hey welcome back my name is rob wong this is scott pagliaccio what's up everybody thank you for having me I'm super grateful to be here what's up brother uh yeah today today we're having the uh long anticipated sex conversation uh and i think i think today we're talking about how to turn her into a puddle like just <laughs> so yeah man so I think yeah. I, one of the places I think I wanted to start was like, hey, how do we how do we deal with that perform? Like, and I, I want I, th I think that this is like a universal experience. Like, how do we deal with the performance anxiety that comes with the act of sex? Mm. And why is that important? Yeah, that's a two great questions, man. The performance of sex, I I think. And that creates a lot of anxiety for me. We were just talking about being nervous. So I think that for me comes from pornography, mm. watching a lot of porn, um, because that's entertainment and that's performance based. And most recently for me, what I've understood is if you want to make her or turn her into a puddle, that you shift from for me shifting from performance based to um present centered in my body grounded um attuned to her kind of transformational um it's for me it's more like a ritual now like i really see in modernity we have no use for ritual like it's just fast 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 you know there's a destination i gotta get to i want to look good i want to perform well and for me most recently my experience with sex is i hate even using the word sex because it's beyond that it's it's an experience that is co-created and it's a ritual it's treating a woman like a goddess um, because she is like all things come from the divine feminine. Everything is birthed into the world through either, you know, mother earth or her vagina. I came from there. I want to understand that. <laughs> I, I want to pay homage to the almighty vagina, man. And I'm not even kidding. So for me, what sex has become has become um, a way to come closer to God or love or the universe through the, and I hate to use the word act, but the co-creation feels better of intimacy with, with another human being, whether, you know, I, I prefer women. Yeah, go ahead, man, jump in. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you touched on two really good points here that I want to highlight. Um, and the first is that, that aspect of treating her like a goddess. Um, 
there's this book by Zan Perion. Uh, he was in the game, for those of you who are old school pickup artist type peeps. Yo, yo. Oh, yeah, you have it. The Alabaster Girl. And it's like a 400, 500 page book, might be even bigger. Uh, and he's talking about like, why is he so good with women? And it's actually just like an entire book talking about how much he fucking loves women. Um, and, and I have to say of the men that I've run into that are really good with women, um, that is the mentality that they have. They just fucking love women a lot. Uh, and, and there's a, I think that there's a lot of, at least for me, a lot of barriers in the way to getting to that space of like, Man, that is so vulnerable to like to uh, treat a woman like a goddess, to take that branch under under our feet and hope that it doesn't break. Like mm. you, that's a big swing every single time. But I think that's kind of part of the secret, too. Um, uh, he makes the case in the book that like men or women who really like men, like, isn't that the most pleasant thing in the world to fucking receive? Like she just like loves and melts into your masculinity. Mm. So why not the other way around? I think that's the first thing that I wanted to point to. But like the second thing that came up was around how uh, rather than leaning into the performance of sex, what we're actually doing is feeling into, hey, does this actually feel good for me? Am I pushing myself to make her come or do something in particular? I mean, that's probably the reason why you came to this particular episode. There's a desire to perform better. uh, And the irony here is... And, and I catch myself doing this all the time. The more I want to perform or show up as more confident or more social or something, the weirder my vibe gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. Because you're being inauthentic, right? You're not being Rob. You're, you're trying to, you're putting on some sort of role or act and trying to be something that you aren't. They, and I believe women, they, they can definitely feel that. And, uh, yeah, I'm talking about something completely different where you you know you're creating I'm creating an experience where you set the space young brothers out there learning how to set the space and create an experience I'm talking from you know candles and like music and um, foreplay starting in the morning with like a nice note or a text or you know phone calls in the middle of the afternoon like I for me foreplay begins you know when sex ends like you know it's it's not it's ongoing it's never ending it's always foreplay I'm always in the act of turning her on let's let's talk about that in greater detail how do you how do you go there What, what are you doing um texts setting you know sending text throughout the day music um sending voice memos man i really got some feedback that um women enjoy my voice so i'll create some poetry or i'll read some poetry and send it over to them or just maybe send them over something i'm fantasizing about that i'd like to do with them later on that evening um yeah stuff like that so foreplay here's another thing gentlemen um i (laughs) do the dishes have the laundry done you know have a babysitter you know the have the kids you really want to turn a woman on here's what i've noticed they need to create a safe space and and be really attuned to what her needs are 
and if a woman, you know, is taking care of the house and everything all day long while you're gone, in my experience, I noticed that women can relax more. A woman can relax more when all those other million things that are on her mind that she needs to do before she has sex or is intimate with you is in the way of really opening her up. And so when I say setting the space, it's creating an environment where she can relax and feel comfortable and be in a place where she can open to you. And so I think understanding that about your partner is super important. Um, you know, I'm speaking from experience and, you know, having all that other stuff in the way got in the way of having really phenomenal sex. So paying attention to what her needs are. And I, I notice when I meet someone else's needs, my needs tend to be, you know, tend to get met. And it's not like a manipulation. It's, hey man, this is what she values and I value our connection. So whatever I can do to help facilitate this amazing experience so she can be super comfortable and relaxed and feel safe and be completely open and allowing. So it starts with that. Um, it starts with you know a text, or, uh, a poem, music, doing the laundry, having the dishes out of the sink, making a nice dinner, bringing her flowers. Um, and then you move into the bedroom and setting the space there is just a whole nother, you know, level. Women want to feel safe when they're about to open and be vulnerable. So I, I started to study with some really incredible women who um, informed me that setting this space is super important and an intention. Um, so I started to learn about sacred like the sacred yoni massage and breast massage and how to speak to a woman to really honor her um, and her body. Like women have some really, and men, negative body. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Negative body image, you know, negative body. Um, yeah, there are very few women that don't think that there's something horribly wrong with their body. Um, yeah. But I want to I want to jump in here too. Yeah, sure. Thanks. But like, so I think that I want to call attention to two things. One, when we started talking about foreplay, um, I think that the natural assumption for for a lot of guys out there, and for me as well, when I was starting out, um, is that foreplay needs to be purely about sex, um, mm. and that's not necessarily true in the, in the same sense that like if you want a girl sexually interested in you. Uh, you need to start talking dirty. You can. That's mm -hmm. one way to approach it. But I think what I'm hearing from what you're sharing here is that the way that you approach this is actually something along the lines of emotional connection. You're yeah. doing romantic gestures, but you're not doing them for the sake of doing them. Um, it's like a self-expression. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. It, yes. Yes. I, and I, I want to keep the reins here for a little bit longer because... I want to draw that there is there is an important distinction here. Of course, Scott is laying down the red carpet. He's like preparing this experience of safety and pleasure and ritual for another human being. And th there's a line here between creating an experience versus being a people pleaser and just doing this because this is what you're supposed to do, right? 
And you want to be careful with this. This is how it looks for Scott, but the way that you take it on, you're going to have to explore. What would I actually like doing? Yeah. Right? What kind of expression would feel good for me to take this on? Because if, if I try to do what Scott is doing and I'm writing poetry and sending songs to her, and I, I mean, Dirty Talk is something that I tend to do a lot uh, for the... I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Voice messages are fucking the shit. Um, but if I tried to put on the exact same shoes that Scott's wearing, then I fall into the same trap of like uh, inauthenticity. It gets weird. I'm performing again. So part of this is, yes, be willing. Be willing to create a space of safety so that she can get aroused. Her nervous mm -hmm. system won't let her get aroused unless she has a lot of safety. Mm -hmm. uh, and that'll pave the way for amazing sex. But also take some time to figure out what turns you on, what kind of container would feel good for you to put out there, and don't just do it because you're supposed to. Yeah, man, that's a great point. Like, yeah, it, that, it's an exploration and it's a co-creation. I'm not just over here wanting to please her. I'm staying in my body and in my pleasure attuned to her. And when I say foreplay, I'm talking, you know, spending an hour for me. When you, my her skin under my fingers, I feel like an, a painter. I feel like Michelangelo. I feel like she is a canvas and I just take my time. When I watch porn, it's, man, they're fucking, man, it's the jackhammer. <laughs> Men, boys, you want to please a woman? Slow way the fuck down. I thought, wow, body is only you know five or six feet long or whatever but in exploring her body i felt like it was unending like i would find new places to go to with my tongue and with my lips and and it was incredible and really staying in my own pleasure it, it, it is both of our responsibility for her orgasm and mine it's not just one way like i'm trying to get her off it was like man Spending an hour just touching her, licking her, kissing her, every inch of her body. That's just the warm-up. That's before you even have sex. And not getting, yeah, not, even, not getting lost in, in like trying to please her, but staying in your, like I said, in your body and attuned to your own pleasure and then also being attuned to her body and... Yeah, just, it's magical. It, it's magical. It really is like slowing way down, like taking your time. Yeah, I want to throw in this side note here of like, how do we begin to notice when we're not doing that? Um, and one thing that I pay attention to is like how much tension is in my body when I'm going through the experience. Yeah. Does it feel like I'm trying to solve a problem? Is there urgency to this? Mm. Um, and I, I think that, at least the way that I've experienced it, and I think this might be a more common like masculine problem, like that's the way we approach the world, right? There's a problem, we fix it. There's a nail, we hammer it. And like, we're, we're just, <laughs> we're there to accomplish the thing. The mission needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes that can be really fucking hard to let go of, um, which is why you begin to pay attention. Like how much am I tensed up because you know I have to get the job done versus Am I 
able to slow down and spend just like an hour running my hands over her skin. And one of the things that I like to do is look, okay, are there erogenous zones here? Like, is there something that she is not aware of where I do it and her like entire body twitches and her legs start like rubbing together because she's getting turned on. Yeah. That's really rewarding for me. And Absolutely. Yeah, it might, might yeah, yeah. It, it, may, it may be similar for you. It may be different. But the more you can take this on as an experiment to explore your own sexuality, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, as well as hers, I think that that's, that's, that's a good foundation for what comes next. Yeah, man, that's a great point. Absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, there is no problem to solve. There's no problems in that moment. Like in, in like what you said about being aware of something that she's not aware of when you're attuned to her, when you're running your fingers over a, a, you know, a particular spot and you notice that she twitches and moves in a way that, you know, (laughs) turns, she's turned on and you're aware of that and you maybe stay there for a little while it's yeah like it's beautiful and and one of the other things too prior to the experience that I really found um super helpful in having a woman you know surrender and open fully was to set an intention of having no expectation Rob like letting her know there you do not have to have an orgasm this is not not this is not for me this is for you to experience whatever you want to experience and this isn't all the time but when i was you know when it was this sacred you know um transformational beautiful experience i mean some of the times it would you know coming in on the front end letting her know hey don't worry about it this is not for us to have for me to have sex when we're done this is i am going to help co-create an experience that you can fucking be fucked to god like literally like that's really to to be able to to know that there's no separation between pleasure and her there's just pleasure she there's not like oh i'm experiencing pleasure it's just pleasure and it's the melting of her body and pleasure into this unity this one thing so i found that setting an intention, letting her know, whispering it in her ear. You don't have to worry about anything. I'm not doing this because I want to have sex with you after. I want you to experience whatever you whatever you need to. And it could be intense orgasm multiple times, or it could be screaming and crying and yelling at me. It could be releasing some trauma. It could be, you know, um, anger, it, you just, whatever. This is for you. This is for you, my love. This is for you to to have whatever type of experience you want. And I noticed in setting that sort of intention that she could surrender even more deeply. And it, it's almost therapeutic because I'm then on the back end, when you know, when it when it's all over and you know, we could just kind of cuddle or she might <laughs> get the fuck away from me i i need to integrate now and and that was always part of the container too and we we would make it clear like when we're done it doesn't have to be immediately but let's have an inter- let's talk about the experience what was what you liked what you didn't like what happened for you and you know integrate what we what we learned about one another and then what i found most of the time after that was 
you know, she felt this deep connection and wanted, then wanted me even more. I wasn't expecting sex. And that was the beautiful thing to not have an expectation of receiving anything because my receiving was in the giving. But what I found was in meeting that deep need that my needs were met through the act. And then, and then I, I, she found me extremely attractive and sexy and wanted me and if it didn't happen, if she didn't feel that way at the end and it was just like, I want to lay here and cry and, you know, I'm not up for sex right now. That was okay too. Like, I wasn't like a little boy pouting like, oh, I didn't get mine, you know? <laughs> Dude, I got mine. I got mine. I, I think what I want to like rewind a little bit here and plant a footnote around like, so a lot of, we started off with, hey, Let's talk a little bit about how to turn a woman into like a melted puddle uh, after during the experience of sex. And when we get to the actual point where she's like coming her brains out or, or having the experience where she's being fucked to God, um, you use the word surrender, which I think is really mm. important to focus in on. Um, yeah. For a lot of women, sex has a lot of emotional charge. One, it's just deep emotions, right? We're tapping into that. But when we get into that space, sometimes it bleeds into other shit. Like I've had women start crying, like from the emotional release of finally feeling like they were loved and cared mm. for and accepted in the yeah. middle of sex. And as part of this, as the as part, imagine having an acid trip that has you like come so hard that you think that you're God, right? Mm. That's gonna take. <laughs> that's gonna take a little effort to release and allow, right? right. Um, it's such a big download and experience. So the reason why Scott, I think, brilliantly started off this talk with safety, was because you need an environment where it's okay to do that. If you're in your parents' house and they're like in the room <laughs> next to you, you're not gonna do that, right? You're gonna. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if the kids are in the other room crying and there's a ton of dishes in the sink and the laundry's not done and, and you know, the dog's barking, probably not going to be able to surrender and allow herself to be fucked to God. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah, you're right, man. That's a great point. Like, I like how, you know, I like how you bring it back, like how, how, how important it is for us to care for one another in a deeper way. Like, yes, having incredible orgasms are amazing, but creating safety is, is, is the container to have even more orgasms and even more beautiful experiences. And yeah, we're not teenagers in, you know, in, in high school anymore. And man, like, I'm glad, like I'm, who, I would have never thought in a million years what was possible through relationship and intimacy. Um, you know, just being able to be so vulnerable and so open and just being held with, you know, on the, on the reverse side. Like, it's not just giving this to a woman, but I also want my cock to be fucking honored for the powerful motherfucking thing that it is and I ask for that if I'm going to give you and, and I I didn't have to have it but creating these sacred ritualistic you know um beautiful experiences and we I would do that like I would whisper in her ear like and honor her pussy and and 
and you know, say things to that to that effect like literally I honor your breasts and how beautiful they are in your nipples and I love your pussy and I love the way your skin feels under and just going on and on and really paying homage to this beautiful form that is a woman and then asking for the same thing for me because I have a lot of shame around my cock and my sexuality and when when a woman powerfully comes in and says I love your cock Scott and it's beautiful and and goes on and on and sharing those things man it's medicine for me it's medicine man like so it's it's creating this container and then taking it to another level where it's more of a ritual and an experience rather than it's this you know two dogs fucking <laughs> and, and there's time for you know like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i, I, I want to I think I want to talk about a little bit something here. Like we started off with the elements of like almost like almost like service, but it's it's more the act of creation and expression. And I think where the where we're going with this is more into the territory of like dominance as well. There's there's an aspect of masculinity and expression of masculinity that can make sex into um, a really powerful experience for both people involved. And, and a lot of times now, whenever whenever I've talked with a woman about what she prefers, the vast majority seem to want some high degree of dominance. Mm. And yep. it's really easy to assume that that means that she wants to be manhandled and tossed around the room like a ragdoll. And some of them do. Some of them do. Yeah, you're right, man. I and, had that. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> but, yeah, but, go ahead. But, like, part of that is also I have a strong container, right? I've put down the rules. I've let her know what the expectations are and are not, right? Like, hey, I want you to be here and enjoy this experience. There's no expectation that you come. There's no expectation that we have sex. Yeah. Your ability to hold to that container and be unwavering again, you'll notice that this is the element of masculinity that we keep on coming back to. That's where the safety can come into play. That's also part of dominance. If you have, if you're too whim whimsical about it, too like flim flam about it, it's not safe anymore. Yeah. Now, there's room for other kinds of dominance. Like, part of having her surrender is having someone to surrender to, mm -hmm. like taking control of her body, going for what you want, expressing what you like about her. Like all of those things go into, I think, masculine expression. And all of those things also make for the kind of experience that it would have her brain melt and have her forget her own name while you're in the middle of fucking her. Yeah. Um, and I think in just needing to like name like, hey, again, we want to be balancing out what we're doing here. Part of it is going to be like, hey, let me make this into a really fucking enjoyable experience for her. But the other part is, let me make this into a really fucking enjoyable experience for me. Can I lean hard into that part of me that wants to, maybe I do want to doggy fuck her for like three hours and jackhammer. I'm not really sure. As long as it's something that I actually want though, it's more likely to come across as something that turns her on as opposed to me just like performing and doing something for the sake of doing it. If I'm doing it because I saw it in porn, uh, it's not going to be hot for either wrist. It's just more work. Yeah, man. That yeah, great point. It's it, it that is more work. You, that was so well put. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. If you do want to fuck doggy style for three hours, that's okay. But it's how you set up the container and, you know, that, that makes so much sense to me. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, with any of it. it. You know, like, as long as you're, you know, setting context and going for what you want and be, not being, <laughs> what did you say, whimsical? Like, yeah, really be, being solid in yourself and being grounded and going for what you want. And, and yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, I, can, sh I should, like, take back that word. Whimsical is okay, but, like... Yeah, being like kind of like a wet noodle is not flimsy. Like, yeah, like yeah. not knowing what it is that you're going for. Yeah, 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 yeah. A woman wants. I feel like, in my experience, a woman wants that type of dominance. And and then I like the flow. Then I like the flow. Like she'll get up from being on the bottom and get on top, and that's very masculine. Where she's running the show. And I remember in this one particular um, instance where you know. When, when she was on top, she's like, it's my job to make you come when I'm up here, you know, because I think I was holding out, man. I was holding out like I didn't want to. Like I, and she's like, no, when I, yeah, this is my, and I was like, I like that. Yeah, you're right, man. So I surrendered into allowing her to be more masculine and, and being on top and where I was just like melting into allowance and surrender. And that's not something I was super comfortable with. But when she said that, and in the way that she said it, I was like fucking blown away, man. Like, yeah, yeah, you are. Yes, you are. And yes, I am. And just melting, you know, I was a puddle and, and I like that. Right? So I think it's this ebb and flow of dominance and, you know, feminine and, and masculine. One is in control then the others in control. And it's just a beautiful dance of forms, you know, when I look at it that way, when it's more of a ritual, when it's more, when I'm more present, when I'm not performing, when I'm not in my head, when it's, yeah, I think, I think that's it, man. Like, hmm. like the element of giving and receiving, like making yeah. sure that, well, you don't, I guess that you don't really have to make sure, but it's to your advantage while you're having sex to also be able to receive pleasure too, because that's part of what you're there for. Yeah, man, it's super important. Like it, my pleasure is important, you know, staying over here in my body, attuned to my pleasure and not like you said earlier about people pleasing, where it's just like, oh, I got to make her feel. No, I don't. And if the, the better I am at staying in my own body and being attuned to her, like you also mentioned about noticing you're in your body and you're touching her in a way and you notice her twitch and her legs cropped or whatever it is. And you're like, oh, you know, that gives you pleasure. I'm sure I'm that's by seeing her experience her pleasure and you're feeling yours and you're experiencing hers. And it's this, you know, this beautiful dance man and I, I think it's really important. Like, I love the distinction between presence and performance and that's why setting the space like I always liked to have really sexy music or whatever kind of music you would enjoy man I've done rose petals um, I put you know extra blankets on the bed in the in the um, in the hopes or you know whatever that maybe she was going to you know squirt or whatever but to let her know that's okay like you know if that happens or if you you know if you do that you know there's nothing to be ashamed of or worry about like you can just fully surrender into whatever type of experience you want and if, if it gets messy cool no problem and then you know um 
I like candles and, and music and lights and the whole thing just I think it's just you know creating more depth for me anyway and I, and I really enjoy that so it's an all-day affair and then it's never-ending because once it's over you're beginning for the next experience man so it's just this ongoing you know movement of foreplay and intercourse and yeah just a, dan a dance of form beautiful dance of forms man. one of the, the comments that you raised earlier has me thinking about how I think for like a lot of dudes, we tend to skew one way or another. Uh, either we are in the act of sex, very, very, very focused on just getting ours coming, mm -hmm. like yeah. making sure we get the orgasm. Yeah. Or we're really, really, really focused on making sure that she comes. And it's really occurring to me that like here in this moment, what we're speaking to is beginning to navigate more towards the center, somewhere in the middle, like being able to hold both of those ideas and hold them loosely enough that we don't like need either of them to occur. Just being aware, hey, there's like a little, a little bit of a balance in this exploration. Yeah, yeah, that feels super important where you're not going, you know, too far to the right or too far to the left where it's, it's it feels, let me slow down. Like what that feels like for me and my body, what you just said was like mutuality. And and that feels really good to me when I think of relationship in general. Like it's mutual. Like there's this mutual understanding, this mutual love that we're in this together. And there's two of us and we, you know, we both would like to experience pleasure and sometimes it's okay if I don't. And sometimes it's okay if you don't, and sometimes it's okay if we both do. And like not having an expectation to, I think that's something about mutuality that I like is like, we're in this together and this isn't the last time we're going to have sex. So like, you know, and, and like you said, being very masculine, like, Hey, I, this is what I want and asking for it, you know, and sometimes you might say no, but, but I feel like, you know, context is really important and. You know, and there's spur of the moment and, you know, very spontaneous stuff that can happen. And I love that. Um, but I also like what you said, man, that this middle ground where it's get, both people are giving and receiving. It's like this flow, this energy. It sounds really, it feels really beautiful to me, man. Thanks for like discerning between like, you know, just getting your rocks off and two people really engaging in something really beautiful and deep and profound because that's what it feels like for me now. Like it's, there's no going back to the man I once was after learning what I've learned about intimacy and sex and what, what's possible. And I think I've only begun to touch, you know, on what is possible in through the act of you know, you want to call it sex, but it feels like something way more to me. And I'm curious what your experience is, Rob. Like, what would you add to that? Well, I was I'm going to answer that question. And I'm also thinking about like, how do we how do we create a map out of this? So we started off mm. with, hey, first, you want to create a good container. So an environment where she feels very safe and the way that you wait, even before that, we were talking about like foreplay. So the foreplay begins when someone when the sex ends so there's continuing to establish vulnerability emotional connection 
and desire. And one of the ways that that can look is you just talk about what you desire with her. Yeah. Like, I want to feel you wrapped around my cock. That is basically dirty talk. It's just what do you really want in that moment? And you voice it. And because she's into you, presumably at this point, like she's interested in having sex with you, she's going to find that to be sexy and that'll turn her on. From there, we move forward into the container. And there's creating safety around, hey, no, someone isn't going to randomly walk in on this. Like, <laughs> you're free to like come explosively and squirt and cry and be angry and thrash around or whatever else comes up for you. Yeah. Um, and no one's going to come in and judge you, least of all me. And what that might look like is starting off with that agreement. Hey, you don't have to come. It's cool. We're just going to be playing in the space and seeing what comes up. Um, I want to give myself permission to fuck it up going rule by rule piece by piece through what it is that each of you needs in order to show up in uh, in a way that feels good the next piece is balancing between giving and receiving pleasure um, being aware hey I'm not here to perform I'm not here to solve a problem I'm just here to have a sexy time see what feels <laughs> good for her and for me uh, ways to approach that might be sensation play. Uh, you begin to experiment with hot and cold, scratching sensations, smooth, soft things. Does she like to be spanked or whipped? Mm. Go through. How does she like to be touched? In what corner of her clit does she like to be touched? Oh, there's so many corners. That... <laughs> That's one of the other things, Rob. I just got to throw it in. Like, men, do some research on the vagina and, and get to know like what's possible because I had no idea, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's such deep territory. And I, I feel as though, and this is a conversation I had with another friend about, like with, with us, when, when we learn about masturbation, it's like, hey, be ashamed. And like, hey, it might make hair grow on your palms. And like, <laughs> you know, go it's... blind. Yeah, yeah, it'll make you go blind. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, and I, I think for the most part, it's something that we're like taught to be ashamed of. Like, you know, you don't, no one wants to be caught with a fucking flashlight, man. Like, yeah. embarrassing. But with women, the, the culture is a little different. Like, they have the opportunity and they're very encouraged to. And granted, this is something they're creating for themselves, right? So that's mm. a good one of them. Yeah. But they're very encouraged to like explore their inner goddess, right? And play with themselves and look at it in the mirror. And if you could, man, imagine playing with yourself and looking at yourself in the mirror while you're jerking. Like, I don't know too many guys that would admit to doing that. It's like so much shame around sex and pleasure. Yeah. Um, we're I creating think I a might stage. Try that, though. Yeah. I think, right? I, yeah. 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 That had me feeling really cringy. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to run towards that. So the next time I jerk off, it's going to be in the mirror. And I'm going to be looking at myself. So thank you for that, brother. I really, like, seriously, I'll let you know how it goes on the next podcast. I appreciate you for bringing that up because that feels really, really awkward and scary. And I'm, I'm, I'm into moving into that territory because I, it's, it's like there's gold on the other side, man. Like, you really feel better connected to yourself, you know? It's like mirror talk, right? I think so. Yeah. It feels like this element of, like, if I want to per well, no, perform is the wrong word, but if I want to show yeah. up with all the skills and abilities of a sex god, yeah, I better be willing to regard myself with that as well. And part of that might just be accepting, hey, 
I'm a sexy person. And mm-hmm. some of you listening to that are probably going to have a reaction. I know I fucking do. Like, I struggle with that. Sometimes it cracks through because a woman starts telling me how attractive she finds me. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's kind of the work here, I think. Um, yeah. And what Scott's mentioning is terrifying for me, too. I don't I don't know if I'm going to be <laughs> taking that on anytime soon. Sounds <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. I think owning it too, Rob, you said something there like owning. Yes, I am a sex God. Yes. I like, yes. I, somebody sent me something the other day, like or just earlier today, I was getting a text and I received it. And part of me wants to push that away, but you know what? I'm going to own it. I'm going to sit with it. Yes. You know what? I am that, you know, and I'm the, I'm its opposite too. Sometimes I am not this, I don't feel like a sex God all the time. And I am one. I am fucking great in that arena man and i'm gonna own it and like you said earlier too i've also given myself permission to be sloppy and there's no perfectionism around it when you have no competency about something and you start to put in work to you know uh, whether it be your fitness or sex like i started to study with masters and I didn't know shit about it. And I'm like, I would like to explore this with you. And as I learned, I gained confidence. And that's how it works. So, yes, I am a sex god. And I'm okay with being sloppy around it. And I don't walk around the fucking world with a hat on that says I'm a sex god. You know, and shouting it from the mountaintops. I will if I feel like I'm called to. But I don't walk around with a t-shirt that says that or I, you know, walk telling people in the grocery store, but I'm going to own that about myself. I think that's a really, for the, our, for the young men who listen to this and men in general, like starting to own your inner God and your, how powerful your pock is. And, you know, I think that's really liberating it. And it's what we need to do. If, take a lesson from women. If they're in the mirror playing with themselves, owning their inner goddess, well, fuck man. Let's take a, a, a cue from them, perhaps. And I'm thinking about the next time I jerk off in the mirror, I'm going to be like, yeah, you are a fucking sex guy. And look at that beautiful cock, man, and how handsome you are. One more thing, and I'll throw it back to you. In my men's group yesterday, I asked all the men, I said, I want to get naked and take all of our clothes up, and I want to stand, and I want us to get over this fucking bullshit that we have about one another, you know, where you can't, go to a urinal and stand next to another guy because you can't pee. Like, let's look at each other's cocks. Let's let's get it over with because we're all thinking about it. Who cares how big <laughs> yours is and how small mine is? I don't fucking care, man. And I think we could be we could show up better for our women if we practiced silly stupid stuff like like jerking off in the mirror and owning our inner god and being naked with one another and like asking the vulnerable questions and yeah, having a conversation about our trauma or the things that fucked us up when we were kids <laughs> i think i think i want to like if you're listening to this right now like how many of you got instantly uncomfortable at the idea of being around other naked men and i, I think this is so this is fascinating right because like yeah that and this might be a cultural undertone i know this was hammered into me pretty hard before but it was like this idea that like it's not okay to do any of that stuff because it might be gay and like man if i if I can't be comfortable with male nudity, right? Like, am I really going to be okay with my own nudity, right? Like, there's some mm-hmm. element of shame around that. Yeah. And I, I think that there's probably a lot of power in that, too. There's, um, 
this exercise called body presentations that one of my friends actually puts on relatively frequently where mm. you're in a room and you take off like all your clothes and you're there with like women, men, everything in between, like wow. of all ages. And then as you remove your clothes, you talk about the story of each of the body parts that you're revealing. And by the end of it, people like have fully accepted their bodies for what they are. Um, and I, I think that that unlocks something really amazing. Cause like if I accept my body fully, then I don't have to think about how weird it looks. Right. Or like be self-conscious yeah. the entire time that I'm having sex yeah. with, with my partner. Um, and I think that goes a long way for removing that performative aspect too. Like I accept me as me. I don't have to fuck like a porn star. I don't have to look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. I'm just gonna go, and I'm yeah. gonna have my like I'm gonna oh maybe I'm gonna get mine. I'm not sure. Whatever the agenda is, I'm but I'm gonna have a good time. Yeah, that feels sovereign over here when I hear you say that, man. And that's I think that is super important. A super important place to come from, in when we engage with sex, man. It, being that sovereignty, that that grounded masculine powerful energy man and if you have some shame around your body then you can't fully show up i'm i'm, I'm assuming man like uh, i love being naked man uh the, the person i was most recently with we would go on trips man and just get go out into nature and be naked and have sex outdoors and it was like it's so free i have i have no issues and part of it rob has to do with a men's group i belong to and Part of the initiation, the rite of passage was um, to be tethered to about a hundred men wearing nothing but sarongs, blindfolded, and led into a room. And this was all voluntarily, if you didn't feel comfortable with doing this, and then led into a room and completely naked and dancing and singing and like this really indigenous, you know, old school, like, I mean, beyond anything I've ever experienced. And, it was. It was liberating and freeing. And you get over... When you look at 200 naked cocks, <laughs> you're like, oh, no wonder those guys with the huge ones are in porn because they're... It's like wrestling again. You know, I'll go back to that analogy. They should be doing what they're doing because they're in the minority, man. The majority is not 10, 12, 14 inches. And, you know, and, and that's cool if you got that. I mean, I'm not... There's no shame or anything around that. It's but like... Oh wow, that that not knowing and always wondering, and now I know. Like, oh, I'm normal and like pretty much like everyone else. And let's have a conversation about it. Let's put it right out there. And 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 instead of like withholding and never knowing, and you make up stories. And so, just gonna do a quick recap here. We had an unfortunate Zoom accident and Zoom crash. So we're picking up where we left off. And what we were talking about was that element of like self-acceptance. Um, and, and, and deeper than that, like how do we begin to accept our own bodies and like cocks? And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I, I said that. got excited when I heard you say cock. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and and I, I, think, I think that that kind of leads us into like an interesting segue too around like size. And one thing that I'm discovering, like, I think we left off on like, hey, you go into a room with like a hundred cocks and like, you know, probably like the top 5% are people with like 
like the 10 and 12 inch cocks and everyone else is like nowhere near that level um but i but i also want to create that like i think most women are actually okay with that like the last gal that i saw um the feedback that i got was because because I, th- I feel like i'm on kind of on the smaller end here and it's weird talking about it right. the feedback that i got was every time that i talk about how like man i really wish that i were like a little bit longer or larger or girthier or something mm-hmm. he's like would you still want that if it meant that like we could do like 60 percent less sexy things like because it because i guess if you're like too large it starts to just fucking hurt when you're having sex yeah. um and so i feel like beginning to explore into that space is also really important like i feel like that was a major point of shame for me for most of my life and beginning to get free of that now um that's been that's been really nice like I've, yeah man I, I, that feels freeing over here like all of a sudden after listening to you say that i was like i could breathe out and i just felt more room inside me like yeah man that feels like as a man that feels like a really big barrier you know that's in the way of you know really showing up man. and i'm really glad to hear that that's the case for you that you're getting past that and you know the feedback that you i think that also helps too rob and i'm curious to know what you think but getting that kind of feedback from a woman, you know, um, because per- perhaps in the past, maybe I got shamed around that. Like, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. It could, it could be something that simple. Like, uh, you know, they look at you with like a look of disdain or like, that's it. Or, you know, who knows any sort of little thing like that could create some lasting trauma, you know, for a dude, man. So women that are listening, you know, just be aware of that. Like, you know, we want to honor you and your vagina for the, goddess and beautiful you know beautifulness that you, you and all of that is and we want to say man what man wouldn't want to hear your cock is amazing and i honor it and it's beautiful and how powerful like that's what the kind of talk that i you know that's what i want to hear from a woman man and, yeah, and we, i have we want more affirmative dirty talk more Absolutely. dirty talk in general would be yeah. good yeah, and yo, dudes, if that's what you want, ask for it. Powerfully ask for what you want and know that you can't be rejected. You're rejecting yourself if that's what you want. You know, and this goes back to our first podcast we talked about this. If you don't ask for what you want and then you silently resent the other person because they're not giving you what you want and you never asked for it, then that's on you, man. Like, hey, <laughs> like, you know, like, hey, ask for it. If she says no, it's still cool. And, you know, you can, you know, try to work from it from there. I think I think though that this is going to be a nice bridge into like I think earlier we were talking about hey you really want to ask for what you want and you don't want to pitch a baby fit if you get rejected and it's really easy for me to talk about that but in the moment my god it fucking hurts sometimes to get shot down in the middle of asking for something in sex sure. so the answer is no man it's really easy to take that personally yeah. and so I want to bounce that back over to you what do you what have you done? What work have you seen that makes it easier for you to kind of like take those risks and shrug it off if it doesn't pan out? It's I think we talked about this before. It's just an inner knowing that I cannot be rejected. That as a grounded, confident man, that if I ask, then I'm honoring me. And I you know what I do? I tend to get curious why she feels that way. Rather than getting argumentative it's like you know and then trying to understand her and and i feel like that 
is, is you know, to answer your question, it's just an inner knowing. It's something that's I've cultivated over time and have practiced. And I'm a man. Boys will throw a fit and argue and fight and, you know, whatever. I'm, I have, there's nothing in me that needs to be defended. I, I'm I, Okay, fine. Well, let's get off this. And what do, you know, what else do I want? I'm not going to stay on that. Like, I don't want to ruin the moment. Like, I'll ask for something else then. Um, mm. And again, get curious. Hey, you know, why, why is this not okay for you? Like, you know, to, to, to keep her soft. You know, I don't want to fucking have her screaming and yelling. I don't want to have that. I, I've been there. And so I'll tell you what is the most important thing is being self-aware, knowing where you've been and how showing up in those ways have ruined the relationship. And now in the present moment, getting some new tools and just, yeah, not making it all about me. And and if there's something I, I really, really want and I it's a non-negotiable, then maybe I'm with the wrong partner. Yep. Maybe, you know, I, I need to seek what I want elsewhere. So oh, I yeah. that, does that oh, help? Totally helps. Um, yeah. Am I too loud? I feel like I might be too close to this mic. Anyway, no, I'm gonna man. I'm gonna paint in some details here because I think you did a lovely job of laying down that foundation. <clears throat> um, and and to create some example around like, hey, really knowing yourself. One of the things that I saw in me is that it's really easy for me to fall into like doing everything for my partner, being like mm-hmm. of service, making sure that her experience is optimal, and I'm super. That's, that's the reason why I bring it up so often on this podcast. Yeah. Like, man, it's really easy for me to do that. And yeah. I feel like about half of guys fall into that category and the other half are on the other end of the spectrum. But but seeing that, like, hey, my inability to say no, my inability to, like, really clearly define where I begin and end as opposed to treating myself as, like, the support character for this woman, mm. um, that really, really didn't get me to a place where I was happy with the relationships I was in because I was just like a really tall servant, you know, at yeah. that point. And who was responsible for that, Rob? I'm curious. Like, who was... Yeah, why? that's, that's yeah. me. Yeah, that was, right. that was 100% yeah. on me. Yeah. But in beginning to explore that, hey, it's also like, how do I do the work to turn that around? And one of the things that I'm looking at, and I think this is relevant to this question as well, like, oh, how do we go non-reactive when we ask for something and someone says no? we become okay with saying no. Yes. If, if someone were to like offer you a sample and then be like, hey, do you want to buy this thing? Do you feel discomfort if you tell them no? And if you do, then it's your responsibility as well as mine. This is deeply my responsibility, right? Yeah. If you feel that it's time for you to begin training up that masculinity, your rigidity, right? Mm-hmm. Your ability to say no and stay your ground and be with the intense discomfort that comes along with it. And when you're okay with that, then you know that, hey, she's saying no, and she's probably experiencing the same fucking thing that I experienced when I have to turn down buying that the, the box of crackers from the sample lady at Costco. <laughs> yeah. Like, it feels horrible. It does. And she's honoring herself. So, all right, I can be okay with that. But until I've lived in that fire, it's really hard for me to be okay with someone saying no when it's something I feel like I might need or want. I also liked your point about like, hey, if this is a non-negotiable, might be time to find a new partner that's okay with that. Yeah, being really clear on what, what it is that you want and stand for, man. And then again, like you said, I like what you said, standing in, standing up for yourself inside yourself. Like, yeah, man. Like, and then, I, I, you know, being being flexible too. Like, 
being available to have a conversation. And, and as a leader, like, I, like I like being grounded in myself, man. When the, when the tornado of femininity is flowing my way and I can just stand in it and like, is that all you have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it? That's all you got? Like how powerful, you want to talk about puddle. Like that is a way to turn a woman into a puddle. I mean, that is a turn on when a man is non-reactive. Maybe not in the present moment, but I think in the long run, that that is a super sexy, masculine, powerful move is to, to you know, not flinch when she's bringing the heat, man. And uh, that, that's my experience anyway. And, you know, that's going to deepen into intimacy. And it might, you know, it might have her soften around like, wow, he's not moving. He's really standing his ground on this. And why don't I want to give this to him? And, you know, maybe it allows her some space to look inward and explore, you know, what, what is it? Or having a, an intelligent conversation around it, at least. Like, yeah, why don't I? Maybe it's because of something in her past and she can't get past it. And maybe I, the grounded, masculine, awesome, huge cock, powerful dude that I am, holding the space creates an opportunity for her to, you know, maybe move from a no to a, hmm, well, possibly, or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, think, I think that's important though, man. It feels important to me. This, yeah, this, uh, this I think is huge. Like if I want her to surrender deeper, deeper into submission and femininity mm. and like sexual pleasure, then hey, I necessarily need to also be able to deepen into masculinity. And that isn't to say that like I'm unwavering and unchanging in all things, like you said. Right. If I do that when I'm having an argument with someone, that argument is never going to fucking end because I need to be right and they need to be right. If there's no give at all, man, that's just going to escalate until we come to like blows or we want to like beat the shit out of each other. And that's yeah. also very masculine, but it doesn't need to... How, that's not productive anymore for the most part. No, I've been there, man. I've been to the other end, the far end of the spectrum, and it's not somewhere I ever want to go, man. And uh, so, yeah, I, like I, I feel like the stronger move is um, is to is to not want to be right about anything because that creates there's a winner and a loser and you know that doesn't feel good because I've been on the you know both ends being a winner and lording my power over someone mm-hmm. and feeling like a fucking loser man and being in a shame pile and neither one of those if I think about it really feels good and um, yeah so I don't want to I don't want my the person I care about deeply to feel like she's a loser or she lost or she's wrong or yeah yeah so i I like i like being in i we said this before too i would there's nothing in me that wants to be right i want to be in relationship and this is not me people pleasing to not listen to you know i don't want to deal with the bullshit like i want to deal with the bullshit bring it i'll sit in the fire with you um but i i don't want to do it to the detriment of the relationship you know if I feel strongly enough, then I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay and I'm going to advocate for myself and what I want and need. I'm not going to just, you know, um, bend. Yeah. I feel, you know? Yeah, I want to throw in too that like, that's the more fun dynamic anyway. Because like, if I've, I've been playing a little bit with like the concept of absolute power, like, where you go and like you just get your way like people say yes to you because you're too powerful right you're overwhelming for them 
Yeah. And there's so much content out there that sort of caters to that. You see like superhero mm-hmm. movies, like anime, like manga, like there's this idea of like, man, I reached this level where everyone needs to submit to me. And and I was like, that's always been so appealing for me. I want to get there. I want to be like superhuman. Yeah. But then like if you've ever played a video game where you just hacked it so you were max level and nothing else could compete to you, at first it's like fuck yeah, this is great. I love having this. Mm. And then like maybe the next day the novelty is worn off. This is too easy. This is not enjoyable. This is actually boring and there's no purpose or meaning to life. Like I don't even want to play this game anymore because it's not challenging. And I think it's important to keep that in mind. Uh, within the drive for masculinity there's this thing like i think we all want to be at the apex of like strength and power and i think it's worth recognizing too hey that's as much of a fantasy as everything else i max it out i'm still not going to be happy i'll be there for like a couple days after that it's back to who i am at baseline which is maybe i'm not happy with myself which is why i want to become that powerful yeah so so like learning to walk in the middle is so important yeah, the middle path, man. I like it. The Buddha, the middle path. And that feels good to me, like, really, like, thinking about that. Like, too much power. Like, that's that feels like what you just explained about, like, everybody being subservient. That's some old school shit, man. Some old school alpha, you know, masculinity where, you know, we're lording our power over everyone. It's a, what it feels like when I think about it is fear. Mm. People not loving you. They fucking fear you. And when you're not around, they're talking shit about you, man. They're like, we don't mm. like this fucking guy. We're just afraid of him, man. And, you know, like, they're looking to kill you. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're looking while you're sleeping, man. They're going to stab you in the throat with a fork or something. And I, that, like, I, I want to be loved, man. I want to I wanna find, like, what you said, that middle path and where there's a balance. And, and that's, I don't even know if that's possible, man. It's just, it's a... We're just dancing with one another, trying to figure it out. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good point. Maybe even a point to end on around how, you know, at the end of the day, none of us have the answer. And the answer that we think we have right now is probably not the answer. Like, fucking 60 years ago, I thought that being a pickup artist was the answer. I thought that would make me happy. Dating like a different woman every single day of the week would be, I got there. Not the answer. Why do I feel so empty and alone? I'm just going through the motions on all this. Then it was like, okay, let me wake up. Let me learn to be with. I'm going to go into my feminine, feel into my emotions. That's going to be the answer. I feel so connected to people. Mm. Nope, not the answer either. Uh, This (laughs) is how you start fighting and never stop fighting. (laughs) And so we continue to search. Somewhere along the spectrum probably exists a sweet spot where we want to exist for that moment in time. But... It's something I think that we have to discover, to your point, like day to day. Um, And it's okay if you're not there. As long as you're still in the path, then you're in the right place. Yeah, that's beautifully put, man. Like, and I think that's what we do here at this podcast, Rob, is we provide our experiences, you know, what we've been through. And then people, you know, can take and extract what they feel is beneficial for their own lives practice it i think that's the big thing too is practically applying something in your life it's i feel like we're science experiments i don't i don't know what's right and what's wrong i know that what i used to do isn't what i do now and because it wasn't serving me so i was on this growth path and i think that's another thing this 
podcast is for is for people who are into growth and they want, they're yearning, they're looking for something to be better in relationship. And that's, you know, we're doing our best over here to try to provide some tools. We've both been through some shit, you know. Um, you said something earlier about you're trying this on. So that the listener, hey, try this on. Like, we're not telling you this is you know, this is religious. Like you, if you don't do this, then you're not going to get what you want. It's like, Hey man, Rob and I have done some things that have worked. We're sharing it with you because we want to bring your lives value. These are some things that have brought in you, brought you and I some value and have helped us in navigating intimacy and love. And, and, and it starts here, Rob, like you, you want to attract the partner of your dreams, be that motherfucker. Yeah, um, that's making me think of, like, every year I go to Austin, um, and it's, it's because I had such a good time when I was there initially, a um, lot, of, lot of good people out there, a lot of cool events, good community, but the last time that I went there, I, I had a couple of days where I just had time off for myself, and it was just like, man, fuck, I feel empty and alone, like, why was it mm. so fun when I was here, like, a few years ago, what was the difference? And it turns out, like, when I look back, it was like, man, I just had some really cool friends and they were inviting me to stuff. Mm. I didn't learn the skill of generating my own fun, sexy times. I was relying on them. And that was like a weird blind spot to notice. Wow. Um, and I, I think that in reference to what you're saying, it's like spotting moments like that. Like, oh, shit, when have I been relying on other people? to create the emotions that I want to feel, to create the lifestyle that I want to feel. And if I can become more comfortable with building that out for me and just existing in my life, I am joyful and alive. And it's not perfect. It will never be perfect, but like it feels good to be me more times than it feels bad to be me. That puts us in such a powerful position to show up. Yeah, man, that was the word I was thinking. I'm like, man, dude, talk about self-awareness, like being able to spot that blind spot to, and then to own it and then to do something about it. Like you said, I am responsible for generating the emotions in the in the experiences I want in my life. And that's that's powerful, man. Um, I just want to like sit with that, like radical responsibility for how and how how and what you want to feel like. That is powerful, man. And I think the listener should re rewind that and listen to it a few times because I feel like, you know, that's part of the problem. And, you know, we don't need to go into that, like with what's going on in the world where a lot of people play the role of a victim instead of taking responsibility for their own, for their own lives. Not negating the fact that people have been through shit. You and I have been through shit, man. A lot of fucking shit. And you take responsibility for how you want to feel and how you want to show up. And you feel powerful. Like, that's what I heard. I was not showing up in my life in a way that had me feeling good. I saw that. I shifted. I feel powerful now because that's what I do. That's what Rob just said. That's what I got. That's You want a big takeaway of many from this podcast? That's one of them. Yeah. And I think Scott would be, like, uniquely qualified to talk about this. And I hope it's okay if I bring this up. And if not, we'll yeah. just cut it out. But, oh, like... Bring it. Yeah, I'm, I feel like it's easy to see like the impact that that mentality has had. Like when Scott and I first began talking, um, there there was a point when it was just like, "Hey, man, I think I might I might be homeless soon," 
and like things weren't working out with the ex-wife and like the kids weren't really responding and I appreciate you letting me share this. It, sure. And one thing that I saw him begin to do really consistently was step into that responsibility of like, you know, it really sucks to say this, but you know, I, I did this to me. I created this for myself and I, I'm looking now for the patterns that had this come to pass. And from there, like now Scott, like is, is always coming to me with like, he's like dating another beautiful woman that like is probably out of my league. Like he's making more money than he's ever made. He's following through on commitments that like he made to his kids like years ago, but now he has the finances to deal with it. He's showing up for his ex-wife even when she freaks out, right? Like there's a different Scott here. And I, I feel like from what I can tell, the major, major, major difference was just a willingness to be responsible. And I, I, I was going to tie that to sex, but I, I would love to like hear your response here. Yeah. First of all, like, um, thank you for that reflection for me to see how I used to be and how I, who I'm being, who I used to be and who I'm being now. And uh, I feel a lot of different things. I feel some sadness, you know, recalling back to where I was like, but I'm super happy and powerful. And, and I hope I'm grateful that you brought that up because I think I'm not the only one going through it, man. And that was the problem because back then when I was in my victim, I thought and felt like I was the only person in the world going through any experience like that. And that's what kept me playing small. That, that allowed me, I, I would, stay in those behaviors because it got me something it got I didn't have to move into action I didn't have to get a better job I didn't have to do the work I could have just stayed there in my puddle of shame and just been poor me and I needed help Rob and, and I'm not saying I, di I didn't do it alone like thank goodness that you came along I, I remember the time you came to Texas to visit me man and you cooked for me cleaned my house man like our relationship has grown exponentially over the course of the past few years, man, and so I'm thankful for you in my life because I don't believe I would be here now had it not been for the relationship that we have. So thank you. And for the listener, raise your hand and ask for help if you don't feel like you can get out of that shame spiral or that shame pile yourself. It's okay. You know, it, that's a masculine thing to do, you know? Yep. You want you, and it's your responsibility to get yourself up and out of it, man. You know, Rob didn't do the work for me. He just created a space where, if I needed someone to talk to, or if I needed feedback, you know, and or I needed um, whatever reflection, whatever it was that I needed, it was provided. But ultimately, I had to pick up the shovel and dig myself out. You weren't coming over to get another shovel and dig me out, although I know you would have, Rob. And in some ways you did metaphorically, you know, just by being my friend and loving me unconditionally and not making me feel more shame and more blame around where I was. You're like, I see you, man. And I know what you, your potential is. And yet being seen in my warrior and not, you know, in, in both, in my, in, my, in my victim and in my warrior, like helped me, you know, to, to pull myself out. So thank you. Dude. 
Yeah, thank you for for saying that. Yeah, it's been it's been an honor. Um, I don't say that lightly. It's been an honor, mm-hmm. and I want to tie it back to you, the listener. Um, there's, I think there's a lot of room to achieve many things in life, and if where you want to go with it is sex, fuck yeah, you're fuck in the right yeah. place. Like by showing up here, that is that is kind of owning. Like, hey, I have. I have something to learn here. I might not be as good at this thing as I would like. So you're already in the right place. Mm. Um, but it also means we continue to look. Hey, where <laughs> where am I shooting myself in the foot? What what mindset is holding me back from being phenomenal at this thing, at this act of giving and receiving pleasure and love oh, and opening yeah. myself up for like that's such a big fucking proving ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Like, yeah, I got a little bit, got a little bit deep there. But coming back to the sex part, man, I had so much to learn, and I think for the listener, um, there's lots of gold in here around a lot of different things. And I think for me, the big takeaway in one of my most recent relationships was sex or intimacy, because it was beyond sex. It was, it was beyond sex to me so I don't even know what type of word to use I don't think there's a word that I could put in there but I'll say intimacy because it was this connection to become more conscious to be it was a path for to enlightenment for me it wasn't penis in the vagina you know sex it was beyond anything I could have expected or imagined it was the most powerful awakening for me in my entire life being in relationship with this person and through the vehicle or the whatever you (laughs) the container of sex I still to this day get downloads from being in relationship with her every day every day there's some new awareness that I have and it, it was through sex and it was through intimacy and it was through all these different areas that we loved one another and I'm so grateful so if you think sex is just jackhammer doggy style porn, that's cool. But I'm telling you, if you want to awaken to your uh, masculine God, then this is the place to come listen. And what we're talking about is it can be life changing, man. And it, and it was for me. That was my experience. So, for the listener, thank you for coming over and taking the time to think that you know. I've got something to teach you. And the thing that I want to teach is what I need to learn. So I'm still on the on the path too, Rob. I've got lots to learn. Yeah. I think and I'm, I'm going to close it out with this. I feel like like the path to growth is first, hey, I need to humble myself. I need to admit the place where I have fallen and continue to fail. Mm. Just acknowledging that. Then it's beginning to do the research, do the homework. Hey, this is a pain point. There are people I need to talk to. There are resources out there. Let me do some reading. Let me get into it. And then there's that final component too of like acceptance of who I am. Like what what part of me am I rejecting in this exploration? Um, and like I think, I think at, at the end of this whole process, like 
you kind of just start over again. Like you, you think that you've had the answer and then you find that it wasn't the answer and then you find a new way and you explore that to its logical conclusion. And then you find that that might not be the answer and then you find a new way and you keep going. And by the end of that journey, you can look back and say, hey, I fucking, I mastered this. I've gone further than anyone else has been willing to go because I was willing to do the work and look and see, hey, well, there's still this thing that I don't really like. All right, let's neutralize it. Let's see what else we can build. So thanks for joining us on that journey. And uh, yeah, we'll be here next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. It's been an honor and a pleasure. I love you. Thank you for listening. Peace. Thank you. Peace.